Today, we're going to continue with what we talked about week before last and we did last week, which was we have a 2009 mission. And, and you know, people make that New Year's resolutions and things like that. Well, what we're doing is putting forth what we believe that God is calling us to do for 2009, but we're giving it to you now so that when 2009 come, uh, January, uh, about the second week, we'll be finished and we'll be off and running. Now, last time, last week, we had um, Lee Grieber, who's a retired elder. He talked uh, basically about his past mindset, what it used to be, and then what his present mindset is. He gave us some tools that he was using to reach out. And that's, that was exciting to see what he's been doing uh, to do that, uh, using the way of the Master and the, and the uh, Ten Commandments, and that's, that's good. We're going to revisit um, that later on. Uh, today, we want to talk about another one. Uh, it's called Increase Your Intimacy with Jesus Christ. Increase Your Intimacy with Jesus Christ. Uh, the one that before that that uh, I gave, how many of you remember the title of that, that message? Uh, we said start with a Z. Zeal for the Lord. Good. Oh, y'all are good. Oh, my goodness, y'all are good. A students, I tell you. Well, we must have a zeal for the lost. And we said what we we're going to do is uh, when we talk about mission, we're talking about actually sending someone out with authority to uh, uh, achieve or accomplish a certain purpose, whether it be missionaries, whether it be across the street, whether it be in your, in your own household. We still have a mission. And we said that uh, if you're going to have zeal, you're going to have to have some passionate pursuit. That's what we said. And in order to get this zeal, we said you're going to have to change your mindset. We're going to have to change our actions. We said those things. And in order to change those things, we said we're going to have to pray. We're going to, have to read the Word of God to find out what the Word of God is saying about those things. And then we had to act on those things that the Holy Spirit revealed to us. Then we'll come back and we'll pray some more, study some more, act some more. And we'll keep going until our mindset has changed. Because uh, that which has been a habit of mine and yours, uh, sometimes it takes the power of God, and it really does, to overcome those things. So I want to overcome. I know you want to overcome. So we had to do that through prayer, through um, reading and studying what God's heart is about the matter, and also about acting as the Holy Spirit gives us something to act on. We also gave you our goal. And our goal is that everyone that's of age, now I call of age probably about five years old and up, because about five years old, I think uh, most people go to school, I think. So about five years old, uh, on up, I want you, each one, to have it as your goal for 2009 to invite uh, the unchurched or the, or, or the unsaved uh, to church. I want you to disciple them or, or help them be discipled and get them committed to Cornerstone. Now, that means you might have to go through about 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 people in order to do that. So you have to keep your ears open, your eyes open for the Holy Spirit to lead you. Because some people, uh, uh, you're going to lead them to, to salvation, and they, you put them in another body because of the way they have been probably brought up. And some people, they're going to want to follow you and, and want to know where you worship at. These are things that's very important. You don't have to disciple somebody, but you have to help them be discipled. Uh, and that, that's the case where 
I know I don't think you were mine. I know that uh, uh, you, you teach school, Mallory, you know, over glass, and you invited a young lady one time, and she came, and, and, and for a while you invited somebody else, and, and when you invited somebody else, that somebody else was Daniel, and Daniel got saved. Daniel is, is on his way to being a disciple. So uh, all you, she's not discipling, really, but he will be discipled. And there are many others who did the same thing, like Gloria Good invited her friend, and her friend was Kelly. And then Kelly invited her husband, who was Eels, Buck, okay, and Buck got saved, okay? And so, and now he's on fire for God. So, you know, all you have to do is, is be open to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do and do it. Because I'm going to tell you that, that um, if you don't have a zeal for the lost, we'll stay about the same size that we are, and nobody wants to stay the same size because Jesus Christ didn't die for us to stay the same size. He died for us to increase the kingdom. Is that correct? Okay, that means that, that we, we wouldn't be here if somebody didn't invite us, somebody didn't reach out to us, and it's fantastic. You know? So those are the things that we are talking about. I know that Ash, when he used to work, at, uh, I think it's called Star Tech, or Star Tech, he invited some people, and he invited one, one young lady, um, Melissa, Scott, Melissa invited her mother, and, and now they're, they're, they're both in the church. They're, they're in a home group. They're, they're excited about the Lord. So these are things that's very important. All you have to do is try to be obedient to God to do something. There are plenty of people out there. God has much people in Lynchburg, many people. Many people in Lynchburg does need him. Would you agree to that? Okay, so we talked about uh, one goal was zeal for the lost. And then uh, uh, Lee, of course, he told you about what he was doing to help in that area for him. Now, this Sunday, what we want to do is talk about increasing our intimacy with Jesus Christ. If we don't increase our intimacy with Jesus Christ, um, we are going to be like the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew the word of God, but they did not obey the word of God. So Jesus told them, say, look, uh, told the people, I want you to do what they tell you to do, but don't do as they do, because what they do is not according to the word of God, and they're hypocrites. And so we don't want to be that way. We don't want to be in our workplaces um, inviting people, you know, to, to receive Jesus Christ, inviting them to church, inviting them to, to functions, and they are talking behind our back and, and telling telling their friends that I can't believe this person telling me they need to go, they, they want me to come to church when they don't live a, a life that's worthy of, um, of a Christian. Because most people, after all, in Lynchburg know a little bit of something about the Word of God. They know something. They know what's right and what's wrong. And so when you are doing what's wrong and then trying to re, uh, lead them in what's right, it's not going to work. It starts with intimacy. One of our purposes, matter of fact, the first value that we have, the first value that we have, the top value that we have is intimacy with Jesus Christ. Because everything starts there. It starts before the word of God. You're going to have to have some intimacy with Jesus Christ if, if you're going to even understand what the word is saying to you. Also, when we are talking about the harbor light principle, the airplane landing principle, when I teach people how to hear, to, hear from God and not miss it, uh, a lot, then I tell them that one of the things you have to make sure is that you have an up-to-date intimacy with Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, you're going to make a lot of decisions anyway, and some of those decisions 
you're going to wish you hadn't made because you didn't have an up-to-date relationship with Jesus Christ. Intimacy. Intimacy. That's what we're talking about. Now, when the, the Bible uh, when, when the Bible's talking about uh, having a relationship with Jesus Christ, I put that intimacy there because I think God wants us to be intimate. There's no married person here that doesn't want intimacy with their husband. Okay? None. Not, not one here. And intimacy is, is something that, that you are... It, it, it's a, it's a private thing. It's a thing that, that you are with your mate and, and y'all are talking. You might be holding hands. You might be discussing uh, finance. You might be discussing anything, but that to them is intimacy. Uh, women are not excited about you, they, them talking to you, and you're driving, you're reading the paper, you're watching TV. That's not intimacy with them. Even though you're in the same space that they're in, it's just not intimacy. And that's the same thing it is with sometimes what we do. What we'll do is that we say, well, you know what? I think, um, uh, you know, I have a great intimacy with Jesus Christ because when I'm in the shower, I praise, I listen to uh, uh, messages on the, on the radio, I do this when I'm in the car, I do that. That's fine, and keep doing it, but that's not intimacy. You, don't, you, don't, you cannot have intimacy when you are uh, concentrating on something else. And I hope that you're concentrating on driving when you're driving. You know, that, that'll be good for your health, you know. And so what we want to do is say, let's have some quiet time. Some people call it quiet time. Some people call it a devotional time. That's where you develop that intimacy. You know? Let's go a little bit further. Today, I'm going to give you what we call the seven priorities. Now, I've emailed those people who um, I... I'm responsible for directly, I'm responsible for everybody indirectly, but directly. I emailed them, I gave them some things I want them to do, to want them to memorize and things of that nature. And so I told a couple of that, uh, uh, look, what I want you to do is teach this to your wife, teach it to your children. You know, make sure you do that. So I gave them a piece of paper that has a, what a disciple is, it has a, uh, the, the values, it has the purposes, it has the, uh, what we mean by the harbor light principle. Uh, all those type of things there. And also the seven priorities of life. If I asked you what's a priority of life, of life, period, what would you tell me? I can't hear you. Air. air. If you don't have air, you will die. Regardless of what you may believe, you will die. What's another priority of life? Water, food, all those are priorities. You must have those things to live. Well, once upon a time, maybe about 20, 22 years ago, I heard a message uh, on the seven priorities of life. And I never forgot those message, messages. I've been putting them into use. And I use those messages all the time. And so I ask people to memorize it, to teach it to the children. Because if, if, if you don't teach your children how to have uh, uh, what we call their priorities in order, and it's nothing more important than your spiritual priorities, you can do all the natural things you want to, but the spiritual priorities are what we are asking you for, too. Now, if I ask, I, I, I can call on many people. I can call on Alex. I can call on um, Rebecca. I can call on uh, oh, so many people I can call on because so many people have it. I can call on you, Grace. Don't be grinning. I can call on you because you've been in church a long time. I can say, okay, give me my seven priorities I give you. And you can rattle them up. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Good. Okay. Let's come down. And let's see. Don't cross your fingers. That doesn't work. That doesn't work, okay? Okay, let me call a little. Okay, Emily, come on up. 
I was going to call you Daisy because say, but I said, I'm not going to embarrass Daisy, okay, because she won't speak to me again. Okay, now, Emily is uh, Chad and Jennifer's daughter, and one of their daughters, and so you told me one time about the seven priorities because you're memorizing them, right? Did your dad threaten you? <laughs> Don't answer that. You might, you might incriminate him, okay? Okay, what are the seven priorities of your spiritual life? Hold, hold a minute, let me, let me put this thing on, okay? Praise, worship, prayer, reading and studying the Word of God, meditation and memorization, confession and sharing. Give her a hand, will you? Give her a hand. Isn't that great? Okay? That was great. Now, of course, I could, I could have called on, you know, one of the adults, you know, uh, but it's nothing better than having a little child, you know. Well, she's not little, but uh, having, having a, a young one, to uh, give us what we're talking about. So, now, did you get what we said? Okay. Uh, what are the seven prizes now? Emily told you. Surely you heard her. Didn't you hear her? Did you hear her? Okay, that means I can ask anybody in here. Is that correct? Huh? Okay, what's the, what's the first one that Emily said? Emily, how out the first one? Praise. That's the first one. Okay, the second one? Worship. What's the next one? prayer. Those are the top three. Those are the top three. If you're too busy to do anything else in the mornings, do that. Okay? Make sure you praise God. Make sure you worship Him. Make sure you pray. Now, when we call, when we talk about worship, we're not talking about our 24-7 worship because that, that worship is also valid. And we worship with our tithes and all. We worship in our jobs by doing the best we can. We worship in our driving. We worship anything. Anytime we do anything, it's a worship to God. But what we're talking about really is entering into the holy of holies. You know, when you're thanking God. And I, I, I put with praise Thanksgiving. Because some people just can't hold a tune. I won't call out any names. They just can't hold a tune. And so and maybe for them it might be Thanksgiving. Some people don't like to sing. So uh, now God loves for you to sing. He really does because he's the one who gave you the voice. Uh, and they are singing in heaven also. So you might as well learn how to do it here. Uh, so we're talking about now into the holy of holies. We can come up to the outer court. We can go into the holy place. But we want you to get into the holy of holies. And that's what we call worship. You know, when, you're, when you are, are, are just excited about who God is, not by what he's done, because it's praise and thanksgiving, but who he is. My God is so good. Uh, and pray. It, when you pray, it's very important because you're interacting and you're uh, communicating with God. He wants, he wants to hear your voice. He wants you to communicate with him because he wants you to know and he wants, wants to know that you know that he is the only one that can keep you during the course of a day. He really is. Now, we're not going to talk about... Um, all of them today. We're not going to talk about uh, the, the reading and studying. We're not going to talk about memorization and, and meditation. We're not going to talk about confession and, and sharing. And we're really not going to talk about really worship and uh, prayer. But we're all going to talk about praise, giving of thanks today. Let's look at Psalm 95, 1 through 3. It says, Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is great. He's a great God. 
a great king above all gods. Now, if we believe that, then we should be giving thanksgiving daily. We should be uh, part of our quiet time because we're talking about a quiet time. We're talking about a devotional time now. We're not talking about just in the car now. We're talking about a quiet time. And everyone should have a quiet time before the Lord. Everyone. Everyone should have one. So that's what the goal is, is to increase our intimacy by having a quiet time. That's the way you do it. You don't increase intimacy by looking at TV. You don't increase intimacy. Even if though you're watching, you know, uh, 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 a spiritual program, program on TV, even though you listen to Spirit FM, you're still not going to develop intimacy by doing that. Intimacy is built by having you one-on-one time with you and your Savior. First Thessalonians five sixteen and 18. Rejoice always. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We just finished a holiday, and that holiday was called, and many people, many people made the, the um, I guess what we call the, the goal of the day to eat, you know, you know, really, or the, the cook or whatever it may be to serve somebody. God wants the focus to be him. We should be thankful to him. Thankful to him for the food. Thankful for him for the friends. Thankful for him for all those type of things. And we should, we should just burst out in thanksgiving around the table before we eat. I don't care if you're eating with, with people who don't want to hear it. You burst out with thanksgiving, especially if they came to your house. You could do that. Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and a glad heart, for the abundance of things, all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord shall send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in the lack of all things. And he will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. Now, this was part of the curses of Deuteronomy 28. We all know about the blessings of Deuteronomy 28. It has many blessings, but it has many more curses than it has blessings. And one of these I like to always remember is that God told Israel that because you were not, not a thankful people, because you weren't, uh, you know, didn't have an attitude of gratitude, therefore, I'm going to let you serve those who you think your provision is coming from. And that was not good for Israel, and it's not good for us. God wants a thankful people. Let's concentrate today in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. We're going to break this down, and I'm going to read it first out of the New American Standard. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, 
Shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth of praise, let your mind dwell on these things and the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be of you. Now that's uh, what was told the church at uh, Philippi. Now let's, let's talk about that church just a little bit. That church was founded by the Apostle Paul and it's the uh, first church he established in Europe. Philippi was a small city founded by, how many know who founded Philippi? By King Philip. That's why he has named Philippians. By King Philip of Macedonia. Uh, he's the father of Alexander the Great. That's who he was. Philippians is a thank you letter from Paul telling the church that I really appreciate this gift that you sent to me. It's also said it's the most personal letter Paul wrote to a church. Now let's break that down just a little bit. It starts off with rejoicing the Lord. Well, since we just uh, came through Thanksgiving, and it's still Thanksgiving holidays, what we want to do, Thanksgiving weekend, what we want to do is to find out why we should be rejoicing, but not just for Thanksgiving, for all days, every day, 365 days out of the year, we should be rejoicing. Regardless of our situation, regardless of our circumstances, we should be rejoicing. Now let's find out how we're going to carry this out. Because what uh, my wife said uh, when she gave the word is that, you know, uh, uh, God is not going to do any more than he's already done. He's already given us his only begotten son. Everything has been paid for. Also what Laura said is that uh, we sometimes uh, need to be healed of an of a attitude of problem. Well, what can help that is trust and faith in God, what my wife said. You've got to have some faith in God. You know, you, you can't be a, a, a joyful person if you're not a thankful person. You can't be a thankful person if you are dwelling on those things that are negative. And you might dwell on those things that are negative only because you don't trust in the one who has the answer for everything. You see, God to me, God tells me to trust him because there's no other person you can put in the trust in. There's nothing you can put trust in except him. He is it. If you put trust in anything he's created, then you are misplacing your trust. He has never proven that he is untrustworthy. Never. God is faithful. He's trustworthy. He always does what he says he's going to do. He'll never let you down. He's always with you to the end of time. He's with you when, when nobody's with you. He's with you. He's with, with a homeless person. He's with everybody. He knows every hair on your head. And he knows how many has fallen off. You know? So God knows everything. God loves us. You have to know that too. Because if you think God is a, a God with a sledgehammer walking around waiting to, to bop you on the head, he's not like that. The God is a good God. He loves us. He wouldn't have given us Jesus Christ if he didn't love us. He could, he could have us all go to hell. He could have. But he, he, found, he said, no, I'm going to save mankind. 
I'm going to send my son. I'm going to bridge this gap. Make up the breach. God loves us. He wants us to appreciate that. So what does rejoice mean? To be glad. To delight ourselves. And it says rejoice in the Lord always. It didn't say rejoice in the Lord sometimes. It said rejoice in the Lord always. How in the world can you rejoice in the Lord always? Well, like this morning. This morning it was raining outdoors. What could you thank God for? You can thank God for the rain. But suppose you didn't want it to rain. Because, you know, you might get wet. You know, you don't want like to go out when it's raining. You like to sleep when it's raining. What could you rejoice for even though you don't like the rain? Yeah, windshield wipers. You can, yeah, you can rejoice for windshield wipers, okay? You can rejoice that you have a car. You can rejoice that you have a house. You know, you, you know, got some stray cats outside. House, man, you know, they're scratching on the door. They want to, want to, you know, get some food. So, no, brother, you know, it's tough, you know? <laughs> it's raining outside. You know, I'm not going out there to feed you, you know? We can, we can be thankful that it's not snowing. Because we probably wouldn't be been here if it was snowing instead of raining. You know? See, it's, it's so many things to be thankful for. You can be thankful even if you had four blowouts on all four tires this morning. I'm serious. You could. Yeah, you could. Because you know, I was talking to my sister, and she was telling me about my niece um, had, had, a, had her father's car, and the father's car, when she came out, it was sitting on four blocks. Somebody had stolen the rims and the tires. You know? Yeah. This is not in Lynchburg. Okay, this is in the Washington area. Stole all four of them. Now, can you imagine that? You can be thankful that you had four tires this morning. You know? We can be thankful for a lot of different things. Even if you had four blowouts, you can be thankful that they didn't take the car. You know, because people can take the car, you know, they can do they do a lot of things, you know. So uh, we can be thankful. Don't be thankful for the bad things. Be thankful for the good things. You know, there's always something good to be thankful for. You know, when I went, went to visit uh, Mr. Iqbal, Mr. Kenneth Iqbal in, in, a, in, a, in a hospital, um, you know, he was laying up there and, you know, he had a stroke. But I say, you can be thankful. And he could be thankful, uh, you know, according to the 23rd Psalm to him, part of that. Because you can be thankful for everything because he didn't die. Do you realize that a pr- people, some people die because they have a stroke? Some people, they, they can't, don't have the use for one side of their body once they have a stroke. So he could be thankful because he could talk and he, he could uh, move his feet, his his hands, he could, he could touch his nose, he could touch the nurse's finger. He could do all those type of things. No problem from the stroke. So he can be thankful. We can be thankful for a lot of things. So when he says rejoice in the Lord always, then he repeats it. Again I say rejoice. Then he says something. Let your moderation be known to all men. Now if uh, in, the, in the New American Standard would probably say your um, uh, something else, but I'm quoting from the New American, I'm quoting from the, from the uh, King James. Uh, forbearing spirit it probably would say. Let's find out how we're going to get this rejoicing from out here to just doing something, just to be doing something, to what's inside. Because if it's inside, if, this, if, 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 if you have something inside, it'll come out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You see, 
what's, what's in abundance on the inside. So then Paul tells them how you can make sure you can rejoice on the outside. Let's, let's get something right on the inside. He said, let your moderation, let your forbearing spirit, let your uh, tolerance, you know, your kindness be known to all men. Because God, the Lord is at hand. Now, let me ask you something. Do you think you're going to have joy if you have problems with people? Every time you turn around, you got a problem with somebody. You're not going to be rejoicing. You can't rejoice because why? You're always thinking about somebody that's done something or didn't do something. And it's going to keep you from rejoicing. You see, God says, I don't want you doing that. I want you to, I I want you to realize that God, the Lord is at hand. Now, it could be two things that way the Lord is near to you, but it also can be that, and probably what that is, is that the return of the Lord is soon. See, that, that's, what, that's what Paul taught all the time. Hey, the Lord is coming. He's coming soon. You know, uh, we're in the last days. You can read that in the scripture. You know, it said that. And so, if you would really believe that the Lord is coming back any time now, you start acting better towards each other. You see, because you would want to always be complaining about somebody, finding something wrong with somebody. Everybody you see, is something wrong with them. There's something not right with them. You don't like something about them, you know? No. Let your forbearing spirit be known, or your tolerance be known to all men. That's a fruit of the spirit. That's what God wants us to do. Let's go, go a little bit further. That's number one thing that we can do to rejoice, to get on the inside rather than outside. What is it? Let your, oh, I got to start over. I got to start over. Okay, let's, let's start again. Let your moderation be known to all men. Moderation is forbearance. It is tolerance, okay? And God wants us to tolerate people to be, to be um, uh, like, like the fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering towards people because the Lord will come back in a time. You don't want him to come back and you're talking about part of his body. That's the first one. I'm going to ask you again. What is the first one? To get it on the inside so to come out on the outside. Okay, let your tolerance be known. I like that. Let your what now? Tolerance or moderation be known to all men. That's good. Two got it. Praise God. Okay, we can go on now. Two got it that time. Okay, now. <laughs> the second thing. Be careful for nothing but in all things. By prayer and supplication, let your, and with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Okay, so be anxious, the New American Standard said, be anxious for nothing. Don't take care about anything. Why did God say that? Because you can't have joy coming on the outside if on the inside you are worried about something. You know, something is bothering you because of your circumstances. Like yesterday, um, uh, you know, our washing machine went out. It wouldn't act right, you know. And I called a, the repair man. He said, I'm in Virginia Beach, man. I can't come over there. I said, okay, all right. He said, I can come Monday. Monday? Man, I need clothes wash now. I said, okay, all right. Now, I can let that get to me, or I can still have some peace about those things. What does it matter if I can't wash clothes? I got plenty of clothes. All of, it, all of us got plenty of clothes in America, you know. We do. And if we didn't have but one set, God will keep those. Won't it? He? he did for Israel. He'll do it for us, the spiritual Israel. So I'm saying that 
We don't have to be anxious for anything because we have a great God. Oh, God is so good. Oh, God is, 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 is my goodness gracious. Do you really, really believe that God doesn't care about your circumstances? God doesn't care about your family. He doesn't care about your wife. He doesn't care about your husband. He doesn't care about your children. He doesn't care about your unsaved relatives. God cares. If he cares, if you are anxious, what that's telling God is that, hey, you're not doing anything about it, I got to do something about it. If I don't take care of me, you're not going to take care of me. So therefore, you get back, I'll do it myself. Because you're not doing a thing. You're not doing it fast enough. That's what it's telling God. Even though we don't say that, that's what we're doing. Every time we worry about something, we're saying that you're not enough, God. You're not going to do anything. Is that the way we want to be? No, we don't want to be that way. We want to be the type of people to say, hey, I want to give this thing to God. What can we give to God? We can give to God, you know, um, our future. We can give to God our future uh, mate. We can give to God our children being saved. We can give to God, you know, our children growing up to be mighty men and women of God. We can give our finances to him. We can give everything to him. We can give that to God. But if you worry about it, he's going to step back and say, okay, you said that you don't want me to handle it. You're going to do it yourself. I'm going to let you do it. We know where that goes up, don't we? And, and plenty, of people, plenty of people can tell you where it's going to go. Try to see can you um, beat with your tongue your mate into the kingdom and see what's going to happen. It's plenty of people already tried that. It does not work. It's better to love them into the kingdom than try to beat them into the kingdom with your tongue. It's not going to happen. You're not going to embarrass them. You're not going to just keep getting on them. You're going to make it worse. The best thing to do is give it to God. And that peace will start being on the inside you. And so he says, be careful nothing but in all things by prayer and supplication. Now, that means that any request you have, ask God with thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be thankful. Don't ask God for anything without being thankful for what he's already done. Because he's done great and mighty things in, in all our lives. And he wants us to, he wants us to have an attitude of gratitude. Uh, I see that the children have come back in here. So uh, it's a good time to ask, ask the children to do the same thing. I want you to pay attention to this message. Don't you be uh, putting on each other, writing notes in here, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, all this stuff here. Okay. Listen, now, the children, don't ask your parents for anything without being thankful. Did you hear what I just said? Don't ask for anything without being thankful. Okay. Because wouldn't it be so nice to hear a child say, oh, Mom, Dad, you're so precious, you know. But you, you're with me all the time. You, you, you look out for me. You feed me. You clothe me. You know, you, you, you take care of me. I'm so appreciative to you. Uh, can I have a hamburger? You know, now I guarantee you get a hamburger, you know. You get a hamburger. You, know? you got to ask, you know, with Thanksgiving. You know, have something inside of you that's be thankful and gratitude. That's our biggest problem as a, as a, a, a church universal. We're not thankful. We're not really thankful. Thank God for Thanksgiving. Like my wife says, she's glad we have a Thanksgiving because it forces us to be thankful. You know, if it weren't for Thanksgiving, we wouldn't be thankful a lot of times. It says also um, that not only are we going to be careful nothing but all things with prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving and let our requests be known to God, it says in the peace of God. 
the tranquility of God, which passes all understanding, will keep, will keep, will keep. That word keep is, is like, I um, uh, see, uh, Philippi was, a, was a, one of the Roman colonists, and, and they knew exactly what he was talking about when he said keep, because that keep was like garrison. They had, if you watch, you know, uh, some of the, the movies like uh, The Kingdom of Heaven, the, the, you know, the uh, uh, King Arthur, those knights that were back in there. They, had, they, they, they were there, and they had uh, army soldiers in that place to keep it, to keep it. And that's what he's saying, they let the peace of God keep, keep you. And so that's what God is saying. Let's go a little bit further. Uh, are you with me now? The first one we said you had to do to have that joy coming from the inside, to get it on the inside, is that we have to let our, our forbearing spirit, our moderation be known to all men. And I like, I like the, the, the word forbearance or tolerance because it, moderation, you don't, you think of, you know, like you eat in moderation for Thanksgiving, which we didn't do. Uh, but you know, you think about that when you think about the word moderation. But it rather actually means tolerance. Let your tolerance be known to all men. And also he says, now I want you to be anxious for nothing. Don't even be careful for not anything. Please don't get worried about anything. He says that. Then he says that the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Then he says, finally, brethren, finally, brethren. Now he's getting ready to tell them something else now. This is very important because there's no way you're going to have peace on the inside if we are constantly thinking about negative things. We got to think on good things. So he says, finally, brother, I want you to think on these things, whatever is true. And so when it says what, what is sincere, what is true, because, because what, is, what is true? What is truth? The word of God, isn't it? Jesus Christ, isn't it? He's the, the way, the truth, and the life, okay? So concentrating on, on, on the word of God. Whatever is honest, that means it's having a reverence to it, having a you know, reverence towards God to it. Think on those things. He said that whatsoever then is just, and just means right. Whatever is right, think on those things. Then he says, well, whatever things are pure, think on those things. And by pure, it means you know, morally pure, you know, chaste. You know, if, if you're unmarried, that means you're not doing anything that's going to violate purity for the word of God, from the, you know, against the word of God. Also, if you're married, the same way, you're going to do only that which is pure in your marriage, keep it up, upholding your marriage vows. That means your thought life, your actions, all those type of things. He says that whatever is lovely, oh, what is pleasing, acceptable to the Lord, he wants you to think on those things. Whatever is of a good report, he wants you to think on those things. Whatever has in it, if it has, it's a, if it has any virtue, any moral excellence, in other words, if it has any virtue, if it has any praise, think on those things. So he's telling us what to think about. He says, now this is how you're going to have that peace on the inside. I want you to let your tolerance of people be known. See, because you can't get out of source of people because it's going to mess your thought life up. And, and I want you to don't be careful about anything. I want you to understand that the peace of God, just pray with thanksgiving, and, and, and it'll, God will take care of those things. Leave it in his hand. He'll take care of it in his time. And then I say, he said, I want you to think on those things that are pure, that are honest, that are good report, that have virtue, have praise. Think on those things. 
That's what he said. And then the last thing he said, number four, just last thing, he said, what I want you to do is to those things, he said, those things which you have learned, those things you have received, those things that both heard, both, both learned and received, those things you have heard and seen in me, I want you to do those things. Then he changes around. First he said about the peace of God. Then he said, and the God of peace will be with you. And you can't get any better than that. I mean, you can't get any better than that. He said, I want you to take this thing from your thought life to your action. Because what will happen is that we can be saying, okay, well, I'm going to get this thing on the inside. I'm going to think about these things. But if we don't act on these things, we're still uh, coming up short. God wants not only doing, he wants thinking because what did you think you tend to do? But sometimes we need some impetus to do. And he says those things you have heard, seen, received, and you have learned, I want you to actually do those things. And the God of peace will be with you. That's what he said. Now, what I want to do to end the, end, end the service today, uh, we're going to have communion next week. And it's a good time for Thanksgiving when you uh, take, uh, which is thank, this will mean Thanksgiving, thankfulness. Uh, we're going to give thanks. But I want to give thanks now, too, because I, I believe that, I believe that we, can, we can really do that. And the first thing you want to do, if you are uh, going to do this, you got to be saved because, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to have this in you. You're not going to have it in you if you don't, if you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ. So if there's anyone here that have not given your life to Jesus Christ, we want to pray for you and, and just raise your hand. We'll pray for you because this is very important. I mean, this is very important because you can't have it. You just can't have this type of peace, you know. You can't have it if you're not saved, okay, if you haven't been born again. Also, there might be somebody who, you know, you, you know you haven't been walking the way you should walk. You haven't been thinking the way you should think. You say, hey, pray for me because I, I, want, I, want, I want prayer to come. Hey, pray for me because I want my thought life to be right. I want my actions to be right. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Okay? Anybody here like that? Okay, let's stand. We're going to close out the service today with some thanksgiving. Because what better way to... In a message than thanking God for what all that he's done. I'm going to open this area right here up. And that's why I came down here. For you to uh, uh, just raise your hand and, and I'm going to come out, come to you. And I want you to offer some thanksgiving if you have anything to be thankful for. And if you don't have anything to be thankful for, just I will, I will offer thanksgiving. My wife offer thanksgiving. Uh, Elder John offer thanksgiving. Elder Sam offer thanksgiving. Then the rest of y'all go home because y'all not thankful. Now, thanks, Thanksgiving. Let's, let's offer some thanks. Father, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Thankful to you, Lord, that you, Lord, saved my soul. I was wretched. I was poor. I was naked. I was blind. I didn't even know where I was going. Father, I thought I was okay, but I was not all right. I was, I was really, really, really terrible, Father. I want to thank you for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, that in every situation, you've got it. you got it in control, and I can trust you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. I just thank God for my family and children. Thank God for this message and everything. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Don't be bashful. Don't be bashful. I thank God for the gift of faith that he is building me up in it. And 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I thank God for the provision he has given in the job that he's provided and in just the way he has provided everything we need in every situation. Praise God. I thank the Lord for my husband that he is a man of God and that I have someone looking over me in my house. Praise God. Yeah, I just want to thank God for my family uh, back in Florida. So I love him very much. Praise God. I'm thankful his faithfulness is from generation to generation. I just want to thank God for his faithfulness to my children and the joy I get in seeing them loving you. Praise God. I'm thankful that uh, he never leaves or forsakes me and he never gives up on me. I thank God for just to live and breathe in the past blessings and many blessings to come. Praise God. I'm thankful to God for the men and the mentors that he put in our lives for me and my family. Asked Jonathan what I should be thankful for, and he said, Your kids, and I am. We're very thankful for our children. Praise God. I want to thank God for all the teachers that are trying to guide me in the right direction. I'm thankful that God can place me in people's lives each and every day, that I can be a light shining to those um, and share His love with them. Praise God. I'm thankful for um, my surgery going well and that God is a master physician and He's a master healer. God. I'm thankful to be here. Praise God. Praise God. I thank God for my family, my children. I thank God for my name. It's wrote on the Lamb Book of Life. I just thank God for waking me up this morning. I thank God for my church family. I just thank God. I'm thankful for my friends and uh, family and uh, this church members. Praise God. Thank God that he's the same today, yesterday, and ever in my life, and I can depend on it. Praise God. I'm thankful for this wonderful church Thank family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm thankful that God has put me in a body with leadership that's an example of integrity. I thank God for waking me up this morning. I thank God for everyone assembled in this house of faith. I thank God for my wife. Thank God for my mother and my kids. Thank God and the loss of uh, different family members that I had a real special Thanksgiving with my mom with Alzheimer's and bringing her back to her home where she had lived for 25 years. I thank God for setting angels around us and protecting us and watching over us. I'm thankful for the new family that I got in 2008. Uh, I just want to thank God for saving me, for a great wife, um, and for family and a great church. Thankful for uh, my father's health, and I'm also thankful that uh, I had a flat tire this morning. But uh, it wasn't just really low, so I can just fill it back up. Thank God for air. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I just thank God for this uh, great body that He's got me placed in, and just thank Him for His grace and His mercy. Praise God. 
I want to thank God for a wife who's brutally honest sometimes and I need in my life. Uh, I want to thank God for my family and I want to thank God for you and investing us, Willie. Thank God for saving me and restoring me and for salvation of my family. And also thank him, just to, uh, especially for Thursday when we were t returning to town. Uh, there was just a deer right on the side of the road and it could have very easily hit us, but we had prayed for protection and God protected us. And we thank you so much for that. <laughs> we rejoice. <laughs> I thank God that no matter how the economy is going, God is God in our lives despite recession and he sustains us. I'm just thankful to God for the trials and tribulations that draw me closer to him. I thank God that he's given us, each one of us, a divine purpose for, to fulfill for, for um, his glory. Father, Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. This day that you made, we are going to rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Because you made this day, Lord. And you put us in this day, Lord. We could not have been here today, Lord, if it were not for you. You are our breath of life, Father. We thank you for that. Father, we thank you that we can speak a blessing over the congregation. And when we speak that blessing, that means that it's going to be done because you said that. So we thank you, Lord. You guys ready to be thankful? Even as you leave this building, out in a cold, hard world, is there any thanksgiving? Yes, there is. Amen. Well, let me speak that blessing over you. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you with the brilliance of Jesus Christ. May he lift up his countenance upon you. And may that peace of God that passes understanding um, keep and guard and just surround you all day long, even as you do go out in a, in a sometimes difficult work week and wherever else you're going this week. So the Lord bless you in Jesus' precious name. Um, if you're a guest today, please make sure you say hi to the pastor of Minerva on your way out. And the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.